Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to the interview series for Secret to Top Luxury Agents. So excited for today's guest. Uh, sells mega mansions, sells yachts, does it all. Perfect guest and a perfect contributor to Secret to Top Luxury Agents. Uh, Rob Thompson, how are you, sir? Good, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Um, and let's get right into things. People can read your bio and all that uh, in the book and on the website. So let's get right into the first question. Tell us about your first luxury sale as an agent. And how many years into the industry were you? And did you represent the buyer and the seller? And how did how did they find out about you? Or how did you find out about them? You know, my first luxury sale was a riverfront property, an acre on the Loxachie River. And the I got the listing. When I got the listing, the owner of the house had been dealing with a friend of his that was telling him to sell the house for a lot less than he wanted. I was willing to take it at the price he wanted to. And back in those days, this is almost 40 years ago, riverfront house, he wanted 290 His buddy told him it was a teardown. It'll never sell for over 200 I put it for sale for 290. I sold it to my own buyer in 10 days for $280,000. The way I accomplished that price was to get the owner to do uh, long-term, low interest rate, private financing for the buyer, um, who was a lady, I was in my twenties at that time. I used to be in the car detailing business and I used to detail her car and she was married to Robert, uh, Fuller, the actor from Wagon Train and Laramie and all that. And they had gotten divorced and she needed owner financing due to credit at the time. And we got that set up and did it. And he introduced me to a neighbor and that is how the whole ball of wax started. So your network, letting people know what you do. Uh, tell me about your nervousness. I mean, were, were you afraid of the what ifs? What if they asked me this? What if, or no, you built a relationship and and... Actually, I told him when I met the owner, he had a for sale by owner sign up. I, I said, I've got somebody that I think will buy your house. He said, what's it worth? I said, I got my license a year ago. I've only done rentals. And he said, you're the only honest realtor I've ever met. He said, come on in and gave me the listing. And he said, I love honesty and literally sold it to the first person I showed it to. And it sold in 10 days. And off to the races we went he introduced me to a neighbor i got their listing for 465 and sold that and just took off from there i started being the riverfront guy the riverfront guy and it started with honesty right being honest absolutely so what are what is one thing uh, rob that you think sets you apart from luxury agents in your market right so you're in florida a lot of luxury agents or pretend to be luxury agents, right? Uh, and 
you know, there, I, I've been, you know, you, I spoke at your office years ago and you picked me up from the airport and you're, you're driving me through these private communities and behind, you know, gatehouses and, and walls and, and it's tough. Uh, you know, there's a lot of competition in your market. So what's one thing that you would say would set you, set you apart from other luxury agents in your particular market? You know, it, one is I have a large team. I have five people on my team as well as 24 marketing people that work here at the company for me. And, you know, most most people that hold themselves out in our market as a luxury agent, uh, you're that agent and maybe an assistant or something are all you're getting. If the big secret in our business is there's no marketing department. Here at Waterfront, we have 24 marketing people and a huge budget. And I'm always telling the, the sellers, why don't you ask them, say, I want to meet you at your office. When you get there, ask them if you can go for a tour of their marketing department. You're going to find there isn't one, that they're a high split agent, the company's getting nothing, and that they don't have any incentive to get your house sold, only the agent does. And you should look at what we do. And I show them my marketing department. And people are blown away by the fact that we have one, and they're really blown away that the average agent doesn't. You know, I put that on the screen. Where is their marketing department, you know? And uh, the, the reality is most brokerages don't have a marketing department, let alone an individual agents. So, uh, so thank you for sharing that. That's one thing that totally differentiates yourself is your marketing part department. If you were to say uh, there was a memorable transaction that you had that you can share on here, and did you represent the buy side or the sale side? Uh, tell me about the most memorable transaction you've had? You know, that, that that's a tough one. We've done so many large sales and I mean, it sold Greg Norman, his most recent house, and uh, Dustin Johnson, his. Donald Trump Jr. is probably the most memorable because the press went absolutely crazy when that happened. And um, hold on one second. Hey, Jeff. We're waiting real quick. Somebody right, go ahead. Sorry about no, that. No, you're good. I I muted you for that. Go ahead. But anyway, um, what uh, Donald Trump Jr. was probably the most memorable sale because we had so many press people blowing my phone up and uh, all TMZ and and all the local outlets and everything else. Probably. Oh my. My phone was just night and day, 24 hours a day. I'd wake up to 20 voicemails. but uh, And I had so many of the residents where we live. We live in the same neighborhood. He lives a couple streets over calling me and asking me if they could drop off gifts for them and housewarming gifts. And it was very well received to our community. And um, it, it was just, I had boxes of stuff I had to deliver to Mar-a-Lago for them before they closed. Letters, notes, and you know, a lot of our audience, uh, they're not marketing to athletes or, uh, you know, famous politicians or family members. You know, there's that slippery slope, right, of confidentiality, right? So in this case, you know, did, did you have to sign an NDA? Did, you know, what did you decide, you know, where, you know, you want to you do what you say you're going to do, earn referrals, but 
you know, if nobody knows you sold somebody's house, Dustin Johnson, you know, you can't leverage as much. So in this instance, if you don't mind sharing, how did that, you know, how did that play out with you know, respecting well, you know, their, their privacy, but yet it got out somehow. Uh, it got out somehow and it wasn't from us. Um, I've never signed an NDA in my 40 year career, almost 40 years. Um, I've never signed one ever. Um, I've had a couple people ask me to, but I never got it. They never sent it to me, but we've done, you know, super celebrity after super celebrity. We did Tico Torres, the drummer from Bon Jovi, did business with Lean Dion and Greg Norman. And you can just keep going down the list of different celebrities and athletes and movie stars and whatnot, but um, we don't put it out there to the press, but the press has a, find, a way of finding out. A lot of times, not till after the closing, but if they're gonna record the sale in their own name, I always meet with our client and say, look, because you're homesteading this in your name, it's going to come out. It's gonna hit the tax records, and in 24 hours, there's gonna be stories. So I need to be prepared with what you'd like my response to be. Um, if you give them nothing, they're going to dream up what they want to dream up. So, you know, the best answer is usually the truth. Why did you buy this home? That's what they want to know. You love the community. You love the security. You love the stuff for kids. What is it you love? Tell them what you love. It's no big deal. It's not private information. Um, and give them something to run with because that way you end up with a positive story instead of a negative one. And that's yeah. almost the case. If I give the press a quote from the owner or the buyer or the seller, they seem to be happy that they're getting something and they run with it. So controlling the narrative, being proactive versus reactive. Is critical. Awesome. Uh, what are some important skills or the most important skills and qualities? Uh, again, we have a wide range of agents reading the book, you know, watching the interview, you know, not just US-based, but outside the country, outside of North America, big brokerages, small boutiques, independents, you know, out of all those, you know, situations that you, you know, have transacted, I know you're part of who's who in luxury real estate and, and other realm and other big global entities. What's the most important skill that you see consistently in top luxury agents that are successful? You know, it, it's it, it, obviously confidentiality about people's business, why they're selling, what they're doing, where they're going is really important. Um, being super responsive, there's no such thing as you answer the phone later or call them back. I answer my phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I believe in responding to the emails and the texts, you know, as fast as you would answering the phone. They don't want to talk on a phone or else they would have called you. So when they text you and, and email you, you have to respond instantaneously, not later. And, you know, the biggest thing is, is keeping that client's best interest. I tell my clients all the time, you can cancel the listing anytime you want for any reason, your sole discretion, uh, at no cost. If you decide you want to keep the house, keep it. When you work in their best interest and you find the best deal for them and not try to shove every deal down their throat that comes down the pike, you don't necessarily want to sell the house to every person. They might be the wrong fit. So working and only thinking about them and not your commission is something that's very transparent and super important. That's great. Advisor, consultant versus a salesperson. Correct. 
Uh, next question. Can you share some of your best strategies for marketing a luxury home today? So you have a, a unique property, a listing, luxury home. What are some best strategies? I've seen you at some of these conferences and I, I know you you have drone will travel, but, but, you know, talk to me about some of your best strategies for marketing luxury homes today. You know, we try to hit every angle, whether that's you know, we put all of our properties and who's who in luxury real estate and realm, and we put them all on Mayfair International Realty out of London to get that European exposure. But also building a huge social media and not necessarily your personal, not every agent has the the following. So they've got to go build a following of luxury real estate. And you get that done by by creating a social media that the luxury homeowners, buyers, and sellers would be interested in, putting up photos of new listings, putting up drone videos of country clubs or golf courses or the local lighthouse or whatever. You build your social media by it being very interesting and you keep your following by making it interesting and high quality. You can't do junk video and expect quality high-end people to want to follow it. So, High quality video, high quality photography is critical. Um, we do snail mail as well. We do a ton of postcard mailings. Um, I don't do magazine ads with houses in them. People don't look in magazines or newspapers for that. I believe lying to your client and telling them you're going to put them in a magazine or a newspaper and that that's going to have give them some hope of a successful sale. It does not work. It hasn't worked in decades. And I think being honest with them and saying, let's spend the money where it really does work, not just where I can get you off my back for a month or two, right. uh, is critically important. And so social media, websites, internet, mass email lists, very, very, very important. Good. Uh, two more questions, plus the uh, two bonus questions for consumers. Uh, so can you describe the process for pricing a luxury home? So. Rob, from time to time again, this is one of my most common questions. If I'm speaking on a podcast or blog, you know, many times agents won't even go on that opportunity, that listing appointment or work with the buyer because they have no idea how to pull comps or to develop a, a you know, CMA or a luxury snapshot, a market suggested market price for a unique luxury home. Talk to me about your process. I have a, a, a two-pronged process for that. Number one, I don't believe that uh, talking about a price until they've signed my listing agreement is in, in their best interest or mine. I think that the biggest trick in the real estate game is realtors come to the house, they discuss price and condition, they wear the homeowner out discussing those two items. And this is probably a, a great point for both agents and sellers you're getting off on the wrong foot. You're talking about stuff that doesn't matter. The price is determined by what buyers are willing to pay for it. And the condition of it, the seller knows what he needs to do to make it the best it can be. But at the end of the day, brokers come in and spend a ton of time talking about price and condition, and they don't get to the variant thing that they should have talked about most. I think homeowners should go to the broker's office and see who they're getting involved in. Let me see your marketing department. Let me see where you're going to bring buyers. I want to see what your office is like. It's critically important. The biggest trick in the game is the broker comes to your house and spends all your time talking about price and condition and none of the time about how he's going to spend money getting your house sold. 
And the biggest secret in the game is they don't have a marketing department. So if the only thing you're getting is a high split agent, um, you need that company to be behind the listing and spending money on marketing and, and, and have incentive to work on it. So I, I try to avoid the price at all cost because it only takes me to the land of, oh, yeah, well, the other guy said it's worth X. So he believes sure. with him. Now, now let's say let's say they end up going with you. They say, hey, we're committed. We like you. We like your marketing. How do you determine price at that point? So pricing is determined in my mind by, you know, obviously mathematical equations. What you have to do is look at the price per square foot and what's the lot worth, make some adjustments. But you also have to have an intuitive uh, ability to know what the property's worth, meaning I can walk into a house. I looked at one today. They did a beautiful remodeling job on the house, but it doesn't have hurricane windows and it has step downs in the floor. Those step downs in the floor make it really hard to sell because people want everything on one level. They don't want step downs in the living room, step down in the family room, that sort of thing. Multiple steps on the pool decks and stuff. It's a trip hazard. That was big in the 80s. and It's not big today. And so you need to know when you walk into a house, man, it's beautifully redone, but it still has those steps and it doesn't have the hurricane windows or whatever. So you have to be able to adjust the price and know how big of an effect. And the only way you know that is by selling a bunch of them and knowing how big of a nick the other homeowners took for those same type issues. So it becomes second nature when you've done a lot of it. If I were an agent that hasn't done a lot of it, I would go get myself either a big agent in my company to co-list it with me, or I could pay them a referral for, you know, being involved in the deal. Somebody who has an innate knowledge of a sense of what the values are. I can walk into a house and go, okay, this is going to be 8 million or this is going to be 10. The average agent walks in, does it, or the average appraiser walks in and does it and gives them the wrong price because they don't realize how big a nick that step down in the floor is going to be or the lack of hurricane windows or it's got the wrong roof tile that people don't want, you know? So they could, you know, literally one of two ways they could leave money on the table because they're going with somebody that's inexperienced. So those agents underprice and you have your finger on the pulse and you get them more than they even thought or the, another agent suggests it. Or the oldest trick in the book is tell the seller what they want to hear over inflate a price. So they hire that agent. Is that correct? And then the house sits on the market stale and they could have gotten more had they priced it right when it was fresh and all the buyers wanted to see it. Now it's the house nobody wants. You've just hurt your seller by giving them the wrong price. Um, I believe that, that homeowners way too often go with a friend instead of someone who look at the statistical data and tell us who's the best person for this job. Homeowners shouldn't pick a friend. That's the worst thing you can do. You need to pick somebody that statistical data approves that's the right decision. It's like picking a real estate lawyer to do a high caliber divorce. That would be a real mess. Right. No, that's that's uh, that's some really good advice. And then the last question I have for you is kind of twofold. But what channels do you use uh, if you have an upcoming listen, listing to reach high net worth buyers, maybe top producing agents, or perhaps just people that are well ingrained and connected in the community that 
might not be the buyer, but are well enough connected that they know where the buyer, they, they might know who the potential buyer is. So I've amassed a massive email list in um, different communities where we are. Like I work in Admiral's Cove. I work on the Loxatchee River. I work in Old Palm. I have uh, collected emails for decades for all the different homeowners during those markets. And some of them I have as much as 80, 90% of the residents on my monthly email report. So I can use that same email list to send out and say, this property is going to be going on the market soon. It's not available yet to the public, but if you'd like to see it, I have a friend or a relative, please call me. So a mass email is one way I do it to literally thousands of people. Um, I've created Facebook groups, like in my neighborhood, Admiral's Cove Residence Facebook group. It's a private group nobody can see. And out of the 900 homes, I have 500 of the residents on a Facebook group. So I'll start posting pictures before I've even listed it, saying if you have a friend or a relative that you would like to live in Admirals, they want them to see this before it gets listed, call me. I get huge response to that. I'll text pictures to different people in the community that are really, you know, love to talk real estate and always feed me business, my bird dogs. Um, you know, if I have a, you know, a house and think, wow, this house would be great for one of these young golfers in our area all the young golfers are moving to our market. Um, I'll forward it around to a couple of them. Do any of your buddies want this house? Because, you know, I have a lot of pro golfer clients. And so I'll forward it to them and they'll forward it around to their buddies if it's cool enough. Um, I create really cool videos, you know, with me walking and talking about the house. I'll put those on Instagram and Facebook and send them out to the different people that I know that are you know, my bird dogs that feed them out to all of their wealthy friends and clients. Cool. A lot of different stuff. Yeah. Being creative is, is, is key. All right. We are now to the bonus section. These next two questions, Rob, are really geared towards consumers. Uh, somebody that owns a home and is going through the interview process or someone that is buying a high-end luxury, either primary residence or secondary. So let's start with the seller portion of it. Uh, what tips do you have for homeowners, luxury homeowners that have a really unique property and it's been years since they've sold a home. And so what tips do you have for them when interviewing agents? Uh, you mentioned the marketing department earlier, but what other tips do you have uh, for perhaps a seller when determining which agent is best to, to represent them, to position their home most effectively and to get them top dollar? What I would do is tell everybody they're talking to up front, this is going to be a business decision. And what we want to do is look at the statistical data to see who's the person that can get us the best price and give us the most exposure for our home and tell everybody up front, we want you to know up front, this isn't a personal decision because so many of your friends are realtors and whatnot. We want you to know this is a business decision. It's a big asset to us and we have to handle it that way. So when they do that, I would ask each agent that they're going to talk to, <clears throat> please supply us with your track record. I want to know everything you've sold in the last year, everything you currently have listed, you know, everything you've represented a buyer and a representative seller. Real quickly, they'll find out, wow, some of these people I'm talking to only have listings that sell, but they never bring a buyer. Their marketing never produces a buyer. When you're not selling anything, is it representing a buyer? That means that's concrete proof. 
that your marketing doesn't work to get buyers. So those are people they should probably take right off their list. Um, then they want to know, hey, are other brokers showing your listings? If an agent only double dips all of his listings, that means it's making it hard for other brokers to sell the property. So they should look at it and see how many do they sell themselves? How many listings do they sell for other brokers? And definitely want to go look at the marketing department. And definitely, in my opinion, they should stay away from the price. It's very tempting to talk about, but I think they should stay away from the price and focus on marketing. What is it you're going to do to get me whatever that highest price is? That's great. Great advice. Uh, flipping the script now, I am a buyer. I'm, I'm looking in your area. I'm, I'm not familiar with your area. Perhaps I am. You know, what advice do you have for somebody buying a home as far as what qualities, what attributes, what to look for in determining whether this agent is just trying to sell me a property or this agent has, you know, my best interest in mind and it's a, it's a sound investment for a high end and luxury property. It could be somebody's dream property. You know, they've they've sold off assets. They're using a lot of their their nest egg to to make this purchase. So what I would tell them to do is look at what it is they're looking for and then start talking to the agents and say, how many homes, you know, if you said, hey, I'm, I want to buy an Admiral's Cove, I would say to them, how many have you listed and how many have you sold in the last year? I want to know, are you successful getting offers accepted? Do you, do you have access to properties that come on off market? Because one thing they should look at is to see if they have a bunch of one day sales, like if you look at my track record, you see it three one day sales in the last week in Admiral's Cove alone. That means, and I listed and sold them all. That means I found somebody a house they wanted. I put it in the MLS to show you get credit for it, but I listed and sold it direct. And that's why it's in the MLS uh, as one day sale because I sold it before I put it on the market. I want to know if I'm dealing with you, can you only sit back and tell me, oh, let me, I'm going to call you and let you know when I hear of something that comes on the market, am I going to wait for you to find, have some other broker find it? Or are you actually going to go hunting and find it yourself? Will that broker pick up the phone and call everybody? Does that broker have a massive database of emails to reach the residents in that community? Do you have a massive database of the phone numbers? Will they answer the phone for you? You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to call people, email people, mail them, you know, you want to know what they're going to do, not just, oh, I'll let you know when something comes on the MLS. That's uh, really good information. You have a big buyer database of, and, and you have a big potential listing coming soon database. Uh, asking the right questions. I think you also mentioned differentiating. How can you help my offer differentiate it if I'm in a multiple offer situation? So that's where experience comes in, whether it be terms, price, all the above. So. Uh, some some great uh, great information, uh, Rob. Uh, secrets a top luxury agents. Uh, I want to appreciate. I want to thank you for your time. His bio is on uh, the website. Take a look at it and uh, make sure you check out his chapter. Thank you again, Rob. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the next meeting. Absolutely. Oh, I've actually got one other question for you, uh, Rob. Uh, I meant to ask you simply because you've we've met each other at who's who in luxury real estate. This is not uh, going to be in the book, but this is just more of I have a question for you. You've seen me perform at who's who in luxury real estate. We've done fresh eyes analysis. We just launched one on one 
luxury coaching this week formally for the first time ever. We've coached people one-on-one, -on -one, but we never put it formally into a program. What would you say to a newer agent, a team leader, broker owner, uh, just based on your years of knowing me, I spoke at your office on uh, content, creativeness, outside the box, you know, whatever that you'd like to, to share, would you recommend it? And if so, why? I, I didn't coach you personally, but you know enough of me um, that we just launched this. I'd be curious to see. Easy question. It, it is, this is a guy who has more relationships, has learned more tips and tricks and all kinds of strategies from brokers from all over the world, not just somewhere locally in your neighborhood or whatever. He knows people from all over the world. He's probably the most well-attended luxury expert I've ever known. So he goes to all kinds of events and get all kinds of strategies and, and connections and technology ideas and if you want ideas, you want connections, you need to know who to call, he's your guy. Learn from someone who's got more connections. This guy's got tentacles in every market. If I were you, I'd highly recommend you call him. That's awesome. I appreciate it, Rob. Have a great day. Thank you.